You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 143. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield, and today we are diving in to course creation. So let me set the stage. You've recorded your content. You've loaded up your membership site with your trainings. You're ready to launch, but there's this nagging thought you can't seem to shake. Is my price point right for the value I offered in my course? So maybe you're thinking, am I charging enough? Or maybe you've decided on a higher price point and you see a bunch of other courses being sold at a lower cost. One of my students just mentioned this in my courses that convert private Facebook group. Her name is Lisa Upshaw, and this is what she said. I'm wondering if anyone else has struggled with wondering if they can provide enough value in content for the 997 price point for their course. I've recently seen several courses marketed that offer a lot and cost just $97 or $197. I can't help but wonder how my program will compare at these drastically different price points. Gut check time. How do I know if my content justifies my price? So that question in my private Facebook group got me thinking this would be a great episode to dive into. So Lisa, thank you so much for the inspiration. Okay, so let's go ahead and get to it. My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. That's why I created the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner, which is a free resource to help your business experience the same as mine. So all you have to do is plug in your business details into the given outline that I've created that has all the essential components of a brand voice guide. So you don't even have to pay to get it created like I did. You can plug in your information and you'll be well on your way to having a cohesive voice across all brand assets. And I've even shared my own brand voice guide with you so you can use it as a reference as you craft your own. It's like having a mentor right by your side. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. First, in my program, Courses That Convert, I teach my students how to outline their entire course before they record anything. And my advice to you is sit down, open up a Google doc and outline the entire course. If you're still in the course creation process, meaning you haven't recorded anything just yet, because that outline, when you look at it as a whole, usually once you've spent some good time on it, will just speak to you in the way of, oh, here's a hole here, or I'm missing something here, or the flow's off here. So I feel like the outline does a lot of work for you right up front before you even record. But I always tell my students, spend an entire week outlining your course, meaning sit down at your computer, 
type away, put together your course and the flow that you want it to go, and then walk away. Come back the next day, work on it a little bit more. Add some stories, some examples, some ideas, walk away. Next day, come back, clean it up a little bit. And when you come back to it, each time you're sitting down with a fresh perspective versus trying to labor away for hours and hours and hours, it gets really frustrating. So I like a little white space between the days in order to come back feeling like, okay, I'm ready to tackle this again. So the outline is really important, but some of you are beyond that. Some of you have already created your course. You've recorded it. It's already inside your members area, and you're still really battling with that nagging feeling that you're not sure if the price point is right for what you've actually put together. And so I want to tackle that. And I also want to tease a little bit down the road in this episode. I'm going to give you seven ways to save your course if you've already got everything laid out and it still doesn't feel right. I've had some experiences with some of my students where they put everything inside their membership site and they just don't feel good about it. And so I've given them some suggestions to enhance their course. And these are some things I've never even talked about before that I haven't even talked about inside my course. There's some new ideas that I've come up with with my team, and I want to share them here. Now, the freebie of this episode is how to save your course, seven different ways to save your course if you're in that situation where that nagging feeling just won't go away. So I'll tell you how to get your hands on the freebie a little bit later. Okay. So first of all, I did an entire podcast episode about how to price your course. It was episode number 107. So you can always get there by going to amyporterfield.com forward slash 107. And that probably was one of my most popular podcast episodes because it was so much detail about how to determine the price of your course. But for this episode, I wanted to go over some of those points here again, because they definitely apply to the topic we're talking about. So first and foremost, you want to think about your offer. So when we're talking about your course and what to price it, and did you price it correctly? We've got to look at the offer as a whole. So not just the trainings you recorded, but also the bonuses and any extras, just the whole shebang basically. So with looking at the offer, here's some questions I want you to ask yourself. Number one, what is the problem that you're solving? I think it's really important that anybody who has an online course can tell me in two or three sentences, what is the problem you're solving? Number two, what are the results that you're promising? Now we're going to come back to results a little bit later because the results that you're promising are a huge factor in the price of your course, determining the price of your course. But let's just get clear. What are the results that you're promising? Number three, how long will it take your students to reach those results? Sometimes if you can get them there really quickly, you can actually charge a higher price point. What kind of access will your students have with you? This is a big one. The more one-on-one -on -one access or the more access to you in general, let's say in a private Facebook group where you do Facebook live videos, that definitely can increase the price of the program. How are you working with your students inside your program? Do you have a large group, a small group, one-on-one? -on -one? This goes back to how can people access you? Really important question. Will you be offering a members-only community like a private Facebook group? 
So this is part of your offer. Inside my course, I tell my students, if you can offer a private Facebook group for paying members only, that will increase the value of your course. How many bonuses will you be offering and what are the bonuses? So the perceived value of these bonuses are going to give you an opportunity to raise the price for sure. How long will it take someone to get through your entire program? So there's two different questions here. Earlier, I said, how long will it take someone to get results, the results that you promised? But then the other question that actually comes before that, how long will it take someone to get through your entire program? Usually with my signature courses, it takes people a good 60 days. And that's something that I have to factor in in the overall perceived value of the course. If I could do it in five days, I probably could charge a whole lot more. I can't, so I'm not going to go there. But just look at how long does it take someone to get through your course? Do your students have lifetime access? If not, how long do they get inside your program? Usually saying lifetime access, you get to put a higher price point. Sometimes, depending on all the other factors we're talking about here, but lifetime access definitely increases the perceived value. And then finally, what is your refund policy? Now, the refund policy won't necessarily determine the price point of your course. However, if you offer a 30-day or 60-day refund policy, then people are more likely to give your product or course a chance, even if it is at a higher price point. Now, I've seen some people do really high price points and then offer a really long refund policy just to take out the risk. For me, I do the opposite where I have a really tight refund policy. You have to do all the work within 60 days in order to get a refund. And I do that to attract the go-getters. And when you attract the go-getters, you definitely can charge a higher price point because one, you've offered the value in your course. Well, if you have, you've offered that value, but also when you attract the go-getters, they are ready to dive in. They start taking action right away. They see the benefits of your course that you're promising and they get to the results faster. So it literally is a win-win situation. So that's one of the ways that I attract the right type of person to my course is that I have a really tight refund policy. So all the looky-loos likely aren't going to buy. And I feel like overall that allows me to have a very valuable course because the results are just crazy good. I have so many testimonials that that increases the perceived value of my course. See how that all works together. So the refund policy is definitely something that you want to look into. Now I have other considerations that I haven't really talked about on my podcast before. And some of these haven't even been mentioned in my course. So I'd like to offer new things as we create some new content. And then soon I'm going to get to those seven ways to save your course. So those are coming up for sure. But a few other considerations when we're talking about the value of your course and your price point. So number one, what is the value you are providing? And I don't mean the number of modules or videos. That really is not a factor in the value of your program in terms of price. So we're not looking at number of modules, number of videos, but what we're looking at here is your promise. How will your program transform your student's life. Now, one of my students says this in such an amazing way. So Heidi Nash, thank you for this. 
I think it's really, really spot on. She says, the level of transformation should determine the price of your course. It doesn't matter how much stuff is in the course. What matters is the change your course brings about. I've seen cheap courses jam-packed with tons of information, but it's just a brain dump. It's not really a course leading to a transformation. And I've seen pricey courses that are very simple, but that deliver a huge transformation. To give a shout out to my friend, Todd Herman, he has a program called The 90 Day Year. And he doesn't have tons and tons of videos inside The 90 Day Year. He has a $2,000 price point on that course, and he's very active in his community. So he's moving it forward inside the group, and the transformations are huge. He's got some amazing case studies. So he's a great example of the fact that you can put a higher price point on your program when you can deliver really big transformations. Now, let's say that you are not delivering huge transformations. I've talked about this before, but I used to have a course called FB Influence, and then it turned into Jumpstart Your Facebook Marketing, and it was really just a Facebook 101 course. I did not promise huge transformations. It was a $97 get started course, and I love introductory courses. I think there's always a place for an introductory course in anybody's business, And so just know that this episode here is not to encourage you to have a really high price point. I don't think everyone has to have that in their business right away. I just want you to see the difference and why you would charge, let's say, 97 or 197 versus 2000 like Todd charged. So it's just hopefully getting those wheels turning. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products, and I want to talk about Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? 
LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you want to make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so moving on, we're in the area of extra considerations when we're talking about your price point. Number two is who is your clientele and how much would they typically pay for this kind of content? So for example, if you are a therapist and you help couples with saving their marriage and you typically charge $250 an hour to have people sit in your chair and you give them advice and insight, well, then you likely can charge a higher price point in your course. So you have to look at your clientele and what they're used to paying for the kind of results that you are promising. Now, number three is how much are your results worth? So in other words, how much pain are you solving? And this is a big one to consider because you teaching me how to make the world's best birthday cake versus you are going to save my marriage with your content, there's a bit of a difference there, right? And we have to be really honest with ourselves. The birthday cake program could be absolutely phenomenal, but that doesn't mean that you can put a really high price point on it. And you've got to consider, again, how much are your results that you're promising in your course worth? Something to consider. Number four, have you established yourself as the go-to person in your space or does your competition deliver it better in a more convenient fashion? Sometimes we got to have a little tough love with ourselves, right? So you might not be the go-to source just yet. And as you're working up to that, you might want to charge a lesser price point for your course just to get your foot in the door. Now, this is a slippery slope, so be careful with this one. Just because you're new on the scene, I'm not saying charge $97. You have to take all these other factors into consideration. However, if it would allow you to stand out a little bit more as you build up your own confidence, as you build up your own knowledge and skill set in this area, it might be worth it to charge a lower price point out of the gate. And then as your course gets better, as you get better at teaching it, as you add more value, then of course you can increase that price point. And then number five, last question here, and I mentioned this in my episode number 107, how to price your course. Can you confidently make this offer? Does it feel good in your gut? Because this one's important. If you decide on a price point, let's say $2,000, and then you worry about it and worry about it and think that's too much. I can't do it. I can hardly even make it come from out of my mouth. Like when I'm ready to sell it on a webinar, I can't even say that price point. So much of your success with marketing your course, no matter what price point you choose, is in the confidence in yourself. 
with actually owning it and saying, yep, this is what it is. So there is that factor, whether you have to really kind of psych yourself up, knowing the values there, and now you just have to get that confidence, or maybe in your gut, you know, okay, this is a little pricier than it probably should be. So you definitely have to do that gut check, which sometimes is way more valuable than anything else that I'm mentioning here. So definitely go with your gut. Okay, so now we're going to move into what I promised earlier in this episode, seven ways to save your online course. Now, if you feel like you can't charge what you want to charge, don't feel bad because you can actually fix this. I happen to be somewhat of a wizard around this topic because I've had to help many people save their course after it was all said and done. And there are definitely some things you can do. Now, this list I'm going to give you is going to be valuable for you over and over and over again. And so I want you to download it and save it because this is something you're going to come back to. All you need to do is go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 143 download. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 143 download, and you can get the seven ways to save your online course. Or if you like to text, just text the phrase 143 download to the number 33444 and you can get it right away. You're going to want this one down the road. So just wanted to make sure you knew I turned that into a freebie. Okay, so let's get to it. How do I save my course? The reason this content I'm going to share with you came about is because I recently had an experience with one of my friends who was creating an online course. And she put it all together and she actually did direct to camera. So she decided that she wanted to be the face of each of the trainings. So she sat in front of a camera, brought in a professional camera crew, and she taught her content. But she had never done this before. And I warned her, look, this is not that easy. There's a reason I don't sit in front of a camera and deliver all my content in my courses because it is really difficult. It's a whole different ball game. And my opinion, most people are better educators. If you use slide decks to show examples and move the content forward and they hear your voice. Now I've mentioned this in other episodes that I love the idea of showing your face and going direct to camera inside your course, but I don't think it should be the whole thing, but she was really adamant. She just wanted to do it. And sometimes that's how we learn in our online businesses. We have a thought in our head, like we got to do it this way. We got to do it this way. People are telling you, I don't know about that, but you just feel like, no, this is what I need to do. You do it and you realize, oh, okay. So that's why they're saying not to do it that way. But sometimes you just need to be in the moment and experience it yourself and then say, oh, okay, now I get it. I won't do it like that again. So don't beat yourself up when these things kind of happen. And this is what I told her. Don't beat yourself up. You would have never known. You would have never believed me if you didn't do it this way. So anyway, she did it that way. And then at the end, she realized, oh my gosh, I don't have enough content. It was so hard for me to do direct to camera. I don't feel comfortable on video. So my videos were shorter than I had planned and they just didn't feel as meaty as I wanted them to be. And so the suggestion I had for her was add audio to your program. And so that's the first way that you can save your program. Let's just say that you have a bunch of videos where it's either direct to camera with you or it's slide decks with your voice, but you're thinking, ah, I kind of missed some opportunities here. 
you can go back in and you can record just audios. So in her case, because of this content she was creating lent itself well to this idea, she actually created some meditations so that it would just complement the content she's already done. People could put their earbuds in and listen to some of her meditations. So that was a way she supplemented her content. And another way you can do this is with case studies. So in my opinion, you should be doing these anyway, but let's just say you don't have any case studies inside your course. Adding case studies in the form of audio is an incredibly helpful way to hear examples of others that have gone through what you're teaching and the tips they learned along the way. It's aspirational. So I love the idea of you recording, let's say, an interview with somebody that you've helped along the way or just someone in general that has gotten amazing results and you're part of those results. So they either tell their story or you interview them, but it can just be audio. It doesn't have to be Skype where you can see the people. It doesn't have to be professional video. Keep it simple. Because remember, we're saving the course at this point. So we're saying, okay, it's already done. How can we add a little extra to increase the value? Another way you can add audio to your course is to identify where your students might be getting stuck. So first of all, always great to acknowledge to your students, this is a process. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not always easy. And so if you record an audio that I call it where you might get stuck, you're troubleshooting with them. You're giving them the common pitfalls, how to solve it for them along the way. And you're just there with them, acknowledging that this stuff is not easy. So for example, let's say you're creating a course all about marketing funnels and you're on a lesson about opt-ins. In the How to Get Stuck audio, you can talk about some of the pitfalls of deciding content or in the writing stage or the promotion stage. So what I'm saying is, let's say you have a video where you're teaching people how to do something, and then underneath that video, you've added an extra audio. And they hear your voice and you say, look, you've gone through the training about this particular topic And I know that it could get really frustrating and you might get stuck. So let me identify a few different areas for you just to pay close attention to. What that does is it, one, offers extra support, but two, it puts your audience or your students at ease to think, oh, okay, so this is tough for me, but but Amy knows it's going to be tough, so I'm not alone. I'm not just the one person that's not getting it right now. This is a common thing. And again, Audio is easier for the course creator. That's why I'm saying these are just supplements to what you've already created. Okay, so the final way that you can use audio to save your course is to go a little bit deeper. Now, sometimes I see course creators take a topic that they didn't want to go too deep on because let's say it's an introductory course and they go a bit deeper in a companion audio. So say that you're taking a course about getting in touch with your spirituality and the course creator touches on chakras. Now with the audio companion, that course creator can go deeper into each chakra offering more advanced info, but then get right back on track with the introductory course type training. So you can enhance things and go kind of down a rabbit hole in one topic with a companion audio without totally throwing off the flow of your whole course. So that's another cool way to use an audio companion inside your course. Okay, 
So that's number one. I know I had three different examples there of how to use audio to save your course, but that was just one. We've got six more to go. So the second one here is add a series of infographics or other visual elements. So for all of my visual learners out there, this is a big plus, especially for a course that has a lot of information that lends itself to big visuals and callouts. For example, say you're a stylist and your course topic is how to look great at speaking gigs and meeting presentations and all that good stuff. So you could do some really awesome visuals where it would pack a punch for your audience because they get to really see what you're talking about. So if you want to enhance your program, if you need a little extra, I want you to think about visuals and how that might play a part. Now you can add them as PDFs underneath your video trainings. So it's a really easy way to add some extra content but also punctuate the point of what you're teaching inside your course. All right, number three is invite guests to add their own spin on things or include other voices. I know a lot of my students have done this. So what other experts can you interview to add another perspective to your course content? This could go into your bonus section, or you can even add another module to your course if the content's meaty enough. So for example, if you're teaching a relationship course and you want to add a specific parenting piece, you can bring in someone who specializes in that area because it's not your specialty, but you know that your audience would find it really valuable. Plus it mixes things up. If they're used to hearing from you the entire time, maybe they'll welcome another voice or another perspective. Now, one note here, make sure that the guest doesn't overshadow you. I've seen this happen before. Now you are the star of your online course. You're the expert, the one your students are paying for. So just make sure you always shine. Sometimes people bring in bigger personalities and it just kind of throws things off. You'll know in your gut if that's happening, but it's something to be aware of. But I love the idea of bringing in experts into your course. Now, one question I get asked a lot when I recommend this kind of strategy is that, well, I really want to do this, Amy. I want to bring in other experts, but I don't really have the clout yet. So what would convince them to come into my course? And sometimes that's a real issue. If you're just starting out and you want some big guns to come into your course and be interviewed, it's not going to work out that way. And I don't typically encourage people to pay people to be in your course. Usually, I say, okay, if you will come into my course and I'll interview you around a specific topic, I'll make sure that I include a freebie from you in the resource guide where people can go and opt in, or I'll make sure to link to your product or your website. There's got to be something for them to do so, to take the time to come in and be interviewed in your paid course. It's a different ball game because if I said, hey, will you come on my podcast and I want to interview you about XYZ versus, hey, will you come into my paid course where I'm making money from it and give me all your knowledge? So it's a little bit of a tricky situation that you want to be aware of and you want to respect. And so I always try to find when I've done this, I want to find a way to make it mutually beneficial. So here's an example. Melanie Duncan did a training all about creating a sales page in one of my courses. And I didn't pay her to do that, but she offered a really great PDF cheat sheet. And on that cheat sheet, there's many links back to her website. 
So she knew, okay, I'm getting in front of a different audience, getting inside of Amy's course with a bonus. And I've got this freebie that leads people back to me. And I think that's fair. So you just want to be aware and think, where could this be mutually beneficial? Okay. Number four, templates. Your students will pay for templates that are done well. This, I promise you. Now, I've used this in a little bit of a different way. If you are inside courses that convert or webinars that convert, for both of those programs, I've created slide deck templates because you need to use a slide deck to create your course and you need to use a different kind of slide deck to do a really good webinar presentation. So I've created templates that you can buy as an upsell to my programs. So I've used them as an upsell, but you can use them as just another way to add value inside your course. So think about a template. A template basically is something that's done for your students where they can usually drag and drop their own stuff into a template and they didn't have to do the design work or the heavy lifting basically. So a template could be very different, mean something very different to you than it would in my own type of niche. But a template is so valuable because of the whole, I did this for you to take out some of the guesswork and also just some of the heavy lifting. So I love the ideas of templates to either save your program if you need to add more value, or you can do it definitely as an upsell as I have. And again, the criteria to make sure you have really good templates, number one, it saves your students time. Two, it makes them look good or feel empowered to keep moving forward. Three, it takes out a lot of the confusion that they might have had if they had to do it themselves. And four, it's a true plug and play. So again, you have to make it really easy. If you're giving them a template, you're taking all the work out of it for them. Okay, so number five, the fifth way that you can save your program if you need to add more value, if you need to make it meatier, is to add swipe file. So this is something I love to offer because anytime I start a project, I look for a piece that I can model. So going back to the marketing funnel example, if you have a program where you teach people how to do marketing funnels, then of course you could give examples of opt-in guides, email sequences, even actual funnel flows. I know that Rick Mulready, my good friend who teaches Facebook advertising, he has some really cool examples in his program of funnels. I think he offered it as a bonus, or maybe it was just part of his program to increase the value overall, but you can look at these PDFs and he shows you what different funnels look like. And because usually funnels are related to ads, it's a perfect combination there. So think in terms of swipe file and swipe file again, just to make sure if anybody's confused, it's basically, this is what it might look like in my business. Here's my file. You can check it out. Or this is what it looks like in action. So here's an example. Now you can go model it. So there's a little wiggle room with swipe file, but people find it incredibly valuable. Okay. Number six, give them an everyday tool like daily audios or two minute videos to keep them committed and in state. I think this one's really good. And you can use this as your new member onboarding sequence. So For those of you who are not in my course program, let me explain this really quickly. One thing I teach in my program is that once you have your program created, an area that you need to pay close attention to is the onboarding sequence of a new member, meaning they just paid, they're ready to dive in. How are you going to support them along the way? And I teach my students to write a series of emails 
And in my course, I think I wrote 10 different emails that I send out maybe twice a week or once a week, depending on the program that I'm just encouraging them to keep going. And basically it's my way of saying, I'm still here with you. I didn't just take your money and run. I want to go through this journey with you. So each email might offer a little inspiration. It might point them to a certain area in the program to make sure they pay close attention to. It might remind them to jump in the private Facebook group if they have questions. So this email sequence is really valuable. Well, to take this one step further, you could record little videos and you can have the video screenshot in the email. They click and it maybe goes to just a lead page where the only thing on the lead page is the video or you can embed the video in the email. But basically, if they saw you and you said, okay, so let me give you a little tip today. I want you to dive into the program. I want you to pay close attention here. Or even better, it might just be, hey, I've got a little bit of inspiration for you. You're into day six of the program, and you're probably overwhelmed right now. I know I would be. So here's how to combat that. So if they could see you in just short little videos, because we've been talking a lot about videos on this podcast, that could go a long way. So let me give you another example, kind of a spin on this that I've done and I plan to do again, and you might want to incorporate this in some of your programs. So as you guys probably already know, because I've talked about it before, I am an affiliate partner of Marie Forleo's B-School. And B-School is the only program, aside from my own, that I do a whole big bonus package. I mean, I spend a lot of time making those bonuses amazing so that people want to go on the B-School journey with me as I get in the trenches with them because I've gone through the B-School program so many times and it's helped build my business. So my point is that one of the bonuses I offer in my B-School package is Cliff Notes. And what I do is I actually go through each module inside B-School and then I record an audio, just like I'm recording now. And I say, okay, let me give you some insights before you dive into this module. Pay close attention to this. Or definitely this is an area where you might get stuck. Or let me show you how I tackled this when I went through this module. So for me, I'm an affiliate, so it's not my program, but I'm giving cliff notes to my students that signed up for B-School through my affiliate link, and they get to hear from me every single week, like an abridged version of what they're going to go through so they know what to expect. It's my way of staying in touch with them. It's my way of supporting at a higher level. And also, I'm getting them ready to dive in so they know what to expect and they really go for it because they're just ready. I love the idea of Cliff Notes. So I use them in a different way, but I just wanted to show you that I definitely do a lot of this stuff in different areas of my business. So more on B-School Cliff Notes coming up in a different episode, but I just wanted to hint at, I really love that type of strategy. Okay. So the final way to save your business is offer more access to you. Now I use this one as the very last way to save your business because it's serious and it's not for everybody and you can't take it lightly basically because this means that it takes time away from what you're doing. So you got to really commit to this one if you're going to do it. Now let's be honest, your students really want more of you. If they join your program, if you're the face of your business, they likely want access to you. They want answers to their questions. They want your expertise at a whole other level beyond what you probably offer in the course. And they want your reassurance. So 
if it makes sense for you, why not give them a little bit more of you? So I like to tell the story of how when I first started out, I did one-on-one calls with my students and they got to get on Skype with me at the beginning of my course and at the end. Now, at the time, I only had 30 students and probably only 20 people took me up on it. It was stressful, but manageable. But again, I've talked about this so many times. You can offer more support in a private Facebook group. You can do weekly Q&A sessions. One of the things that I've been testing, and it's been incredibly valuable, so here's a tip for many of you. I offer a 12-pay for my $1,000 program and a one-pay. And if you do a one-pay, you actually save money, so there's a benefit right there. But I've recently added something to my one-pay, and that is a bonus. And the bonus is three coaching calls, each 30 days apart. So they're small group coaching calls because most people don't take you up on the one pay. And so it's just one other way to get access to me and to get a little bit more of that intimate setting with me. And I get on a go-to webinar call. They don't see me. They just see just a slide that says special Q&A or whatever, but it's a small group. And I've gotten so much great feedback from those calls because they're more intimate than even my private Facebook group where I do live Q&A Facebook lives every single week. It's just a different level of intimacy with my students. Now, on the flip side, what's really cool about this is that my full pays have increased. So more people are now taking us up on those one time, we call them full pays, because there's an incentive to do so beyond just saving money they get these calls with me, which I don't do anywhere else. So I don't know. I just like to offer you some different ways to add value inside your programs. You can either use more access to you to save your program, make it meatier, or you can add more access to you to get more people to take you up on full pay versus payment plans. There's so many different ways that you can use content. So I think my goal with this entire episode is to say that there are so many different ways that you can add more value to your program. And you can do it in the form of audio files. You can do it in the form of swipe file or adding a little bit more access to you. There's definitely ways to save your program. If that's where you're at right now, that you're thinking it's just not enough and I just know that, then I have given you tons of opportunity to add even more value. And I hope that's what you take with this episode. So there you have it. My goal for this mini training was to make sure that you felt confident that you had delivered enough value in your online course so that that confidence comes through when you begin to launch it. And that's what's so important. When you talk about your course, when you promote it in your webinars, when you write about it in your promotional emails, that confidence needs to come through that I've created a really valuable course and you've got to get your hands on it. And the way you do that is to make sure that you've added value in all the ways that will make it the best course that you can possibly create. Now, there's one tiny caveat to that. Most of the time, as entrepreneurs, we are harder on ourselves than we need to be. And so a lot of the times we've created a beautiful course with a lot of value. And for some reason, we feel like we don't measure up. And so when we look at it, we think, ah, I don't know if it's good enough. I don't know if there's enough value. And sometimes when that happens, you should bring in enforcements. I would ask somebody that you trust to look over your outline 
and give you insight in terms of, is there enough here? And sometimes they will see that there's not enough and they'll give you some feedback. But a lot of the times I'm going to guess there is immense value in your course. You're just not always seeing it. And if you add a few of these little tips and tricks that I've given you in this episode, you definitely will be on your way to having a high value course. I'm just saying, bring in someone that you trust, bring in some enforcements to, to give your outline a once over just in case you're being a little too hard on yourself than you need to be. Now, how do I know this? Because this is the story of my life. So I definitely am harder on myself than anyone could ever be on me. And so that's why I tend to use my resources to kind of give me a gut check when I'm not able to do so myself. So I just wanted to add that. Now, another thing I want to remind you about is that we have a freebie for this episode, and it's one that you can refer back to again and again as you get deeper into your course creation. And that is seven ways to save your online course. I love this freebie because it's full of so many great ideas and insights. So all you need to do is go to amyporterfield.com forward slash one, four, three download, or you can text the phrase one, four, three download to the number three, three, four, four, four. And that freebie will be on its way to you right away. Okay. I hope you all have an amazing day. I cannot wait to connect with you again next week. So make it a great week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com. 